Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Beer League, the show where we give our non-expert expert opinions on anything and everything. This week, we are without Secret Dragon for a very Secret Dragon reason. No one knows. But that's what I like at this point. I don't want him to give us a reason ever. I just like him to not just be like, I can't do it, and us just being like, what this guy could be doing has got to be a lot cooler than what it actually is. So we're going to stick with that. But we finally have some Bears talk, the return of Hard Knocks. I don't know if anyone watched Hard Knocks, but we should start doing recaps because Hard Knocks is absolutely amazing. Um, excuse me. Uh, we do have timeout. We have the rank. It's going to be the little things in life, little draft. Uh, we do have over-under. I forgot what it is. I'll have to check on my phone, but without any further ado, let's get right to it. Let's take it from the uh, from the tippy top there. Low Budget presents Beer League. Hi guys, welcome back. This this is a big thing. This is a big deal. And I would like us all to toast that the dog days of no football is officially done. There is not a week without football from now until February. So cheers, guys. We made it. It's been a long time coming. Oh, does preseason, you know, really, does preseason really count, though? It's preseason. It counts. If you could bet on it, it counts, my guy. We bet <laughs> on the Hall of Fame game. We hit that. We started off 1-0. Me and Rawls both looked at each other, and he's like, are you thinking what I'm thinking? And we both thought that we knew what the other person was thinking. We're like, he's going to say that we should end the season 1-0. And he was like, he's going to say we should end the season 1-0. We're both are like, we should bet all the time. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, I know you're going to say we should end the end the season as winners. I was like, I know that's what you're going to say. And I was like, no, nah, we're just degenerate. So good for that. Um, yeah, we hit the over. Uh, that was fun. I mean, it's a 30-point over. But an over is an over is an over. Um, so it is great. Yes, it's not the full season, but football – it gets it's a good appetizer. You know, and then there is and then there is real college football in a couple of weeks. So we got that. Um, so I'll start off with how we've been. Uh, we had the golf trip this weekend. Uh, Beer unfortunately couldn't make it because he got the vid. Uh, he was very, very missed. I didn't bring your fat head, and the only reason is I was scared about leaving it. Mm. And uh, I was like, I can't afford to lose this. Yeah, that's precious. Yeah, I mean, money, technically it can be replaced, but I was like, this is this is the original. <laughs> um, I played I played well. I started off really bad. I shot 92, my highest score in the last nine years. I checked my handicap. That, was, that wasn't the most fun, but I had a lot of fun. And then I bounced back. I shot 92, 39, 83, 79. And then we played one scramble. Uh, so had a lot of fun. Uh, one of the best things that we did uh, is, Nick, when you left, we actually did go to the pool. Oh, nice. So we ended up just playing 18. It was so hot. It was 104 degrees, feels like, with 100% Dang. humidity. I mean, it was hot. It was just sweat. And it was just, you yeah, just was walking hot. around. 
in a pool of sweat the whole time, which would which you forget that once you get into that sort of thing, you get used to it. And then you get out uh-huh. of it, like you step, you like you get used to it, and it's still uncomfortable, but it's like, oh, it's just how it is. And then you would step inside the AC, and it would be like, oh my god, I forgot this is how I actually should feel right now, and it's <laughs> yeah. significantly better. So I'm sure the pool was nice. It was it was really nice. Then we went and had a nice little dinner, came back, we played the pool tournament. I lost first round again. I haven't made it. I've either gotten out in the first round or gotten to the finals. This was just one of the years I got out in the first round. Um, had an absolute blast. Uh, really, the last two weeks between Lollapalooza and this, I'm on I'm on retirement until football season, the uh, regular season starts. I'm just going to relax, study. Um, but yeah, that was how my rendition of the golf trip is to a first-timer. Nick, what would you think of it? Uh, I really enjoyed myself. Had a lot of fun. Uh, everybody was very welcoming. I mean, I knew the majority of the guys already, <laughs> but uh, the new guys appreciated everybody being cool. Uh, had a blast. You know, I was I was thinking that we were playing 36 on Saturday too, so I was geared up for 36 Friday and Saturday, but uh, 18 was plenty because uh, of the heat and everything. Um, but yeah, had a lot of fun playing. I didn't play as well as I wanted to. I had my driver working before the weekend and then I just really couldn't get it going consistently. So I was running low on balls several times and had to go searching for balls in weeds and always came out with, with a couple, uh, which was pretty, pretty awesome. But I, yeah, like me and Johnny and Jack were all in the same boat where we're like, Oh, we're running low on balls. Got to go search for some. Oh, got to grab some at the turn. Like Johnny kept having to do that too. So, so that was interesting. Uh, but yeah, overall great time. And then I pulled the, uh, the old man move. And after the 18 on Saturday, I left because I was tired and drove home, got home at six 30, was in bed by 7 30 8 o'clock slept for 12 hours straight so it was like i knew i that there's that certain point you get to when you're older where you're like i could push through but then the old person you know is like or you could like go home and go to sleep and that and that that voice just overpowers me now so um and we had done two nights thursday friday night and two days so you know that was that's that's a pretty good weekend for me and then i had sunday uh i was all recovered and ready to go so uh, great time. Missed, missed your beer. Wish you could have done that. You you're, uh, you're going to be a repeat offender. You think you'll yeah. go next year? Yeah, for sure. Of course. Why wouldn't so, I? so beer, I know, you know, Nick, and I don't know if you know, but like Nick knows most of the guys that's on the golf trip because of softball. And he really only didn't know two guys. And so he comes in the basement. He was the second to last person to get there. And, like all these guys keep going up to him, like giving him hugs, saying hello. And Jimmy turns to me and he's like, who the fuck is this? <laughs> and I was like, Oh, this is Nick. He's like, how does he know everyone? Like I barely know everyone. And I've known you guys since high school. I'm like, Oh man, that's just how Nick does it. You know, Nick, Nick, Nick gets around his friendship, you know, he's he like, know friendship I'm a, I'm a friendship <laughs> slut basically yeah. is what it amounts to. But that was really funny because I can totally get it from like, because I mean, unless you played uh, softball, like how those a lot of those guys know you, they would have not known you either, or they would they would have been in the same position as Jimmy. Yeah. But it's like eight of us or ten of us got up and was like, "What's up, Nick? Great to see you." Gave him a hug. 
And he's just like, who, what is this? The fuck? Is he a celebrity? Like, how does everyone know this guy? I thought they were like, there's no way he could have met this guy. This guy's got to be a celebrity. And I liked that movement. Dude, yeah. pod- podcast celebrity, of course. That's, that's how yeah. everybody knows and he, he is the bad boy of Venmo. Yeah. People forget that sometimes, but the bad yeah. boy still, still not on Venmo. Um, beer, how are we doing? Uh, feeling better. It was a very frustrating week last week, uh, opposed to your guys' amazing weekend. Um, yeah, so I tested positive the Thursday. Uh, it wasn't Thursday of last week. It was Thursday the week before. Went through the weekend, and then like was like leading up to the golf trip. It was like hoping I would feel better, but then it was like getting really close, and it was just didn't make sense for me to come on, especially if I was going to be preparing a bunch of food. I should not be preparing food while sick with the vid. So, um, yeah, made the decision to stay back, but it was, uh, it was depressing. I was watching the Snapchats and the stories and seeing Johnny do backflips, still doing backflips. It's wild that we're still doing that, but yeah, you that, know what? I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't ready for that at all. And then all of a sudden Jack and Johnny were talking they're like, I want to do a backflip. And I was like, like a like a backflip backflip and he's like yeah yeah no problem and they, and he nailed it on the first try it was unbelievable it's like, getting like lower and lower every year <laughs> and it's like really stressing me out because there will be a day when they fuck it up like it's just gonna be like but has it happened it's, they've been doing that since high school so you know Damn. i've been uh i've been there to witness and just jaw drop every time but uh they nailed it again and I'm like, you know what? We're almost 30. Like, how long can we keep it going for? Let's just let's just keep it going until they like physically can't. Like, yep. <laughs> See, that's why it's really good to keep Nick around because he's two years older. So as long as he's doing it, then we're like, we right, at least we have, have back. We at least got a buffer. I'm not by doing the way, Beard, By the way, Beard, I think Jack had a tie for my favorite line of the weekend. I turned to him and he was eating the Rice Krispie treats. And I was like, yeah, those are good, right? He's like. I ate the whole, uh, I hate the whole tray. And I was like, yeah, man, I can eat a whole tray too. He's like, no, I ate the <laughs> whole tray. And I was like, did you actually, he's like, I ate the entire tray. And I, and I had like the Baxter moment from, uh, Anchorman where I was like, I didn't even get any, but I'm not even mad, man. That's impressive. Like you ate an entire tray of Rice Krispies. Good on you, my guy. But I like yeah. that. Like I ate the whole tray. And I'm like, yeah, man, I could too. He's like, no, 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 no. I did. <laughs> yeah, he's he's got that sweet tooth now. Like, and it's like, you know, he'll sit there and eat Skittles while we're all drinking. So I totally, I get that. So, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but that's uh, like, you get he texted me and he was like, "Yo, people keep asking about where your meat's at." I'm like, "It's my freaking fridge." Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I made it. I made an incredible pork butt, and it just like, like infuriated me on Sunday that it was like that good. And I was like, I was using all the supplies that I had bought for the golf trip. And I was well, like, dude, by the way, no one cooked because we're like, we know what we've had and it's either we have it or we don't. <laughs> we're not going to try to replicate it. We're not going to try to do anything. Uh, we are also trying to plan a winter golf trip to Arizona. And without, I'm not even joking without any hesitation, Tom Didano just wins. How will beer get his smokers on? On the plane and i was like i love that that's like the first thing and then i go or i think it was steve and he was like i'm pretty sure you could rent that and he's like genius we'll just do that yeah. and i was like there's, 
We don't even have like a place. We would like mention like, yeah, we could do a winter one. And he's just like, well, let's get, let's get the uh, important details out. Can you check a smoker? What, what's the move here? What would, would it be looked down upon to bring like, a gross, dirty smoker and wrap it in tarp and then wrap it in, like bubble wrap and put it on a plane? I don't... So I, I said you should just buy a seat for it. We should all chip in and buy a couple of seats. And oh, so it's like yeah. the smoker has its own seat. <laughs> It's just like, what's that smell like? On the, it's like, it smells like charcoal and like, I don't know. I was like, yeah, it's just a smoker. Uh, but I, you get 100% rent, and then I bet you could find places that have like smokers, like Traegers and stuff. Um, but Traegers are, you know, I'll I'll use something better. But either way, like we could easily do that. If it's, it's not that hard, yeah. Yeah. Um, anything else from your week before we go into bear stock? Not really. Uh, been focusing a ton on the bears lately. There's lots of bears news. So I'm excited to chat about that. Well, let's actually talk about hard knocks and, sure. uh, first, did any of you guys watch hard knocks? No, I'm watching that tonight. Actually. I have not. All right, so let's try to recap both episodes next weekend or next episode. But what I will say is I love Dan Campbell so much. <laughs> I talked about how much I loved him on the podcast all last year. But I don't know what it is about him. He cries a lot, but he looks like a lion. Like he looks like a human lion. Mm-hmm. And so his tears, I'm like scared of. Like where you would think, like, oh, grown man crying. You're like, oh, look at this little bitch. He cries, and I'm like, oh shit. But he could also bite my head off. So I gotta respect this he, man. He does legitimately look like a lion. Like especially yeah. when he's got long hair and his beard going. I was like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then nothing gets my respect more is uh, he has the biggest chaws in of all time while talking to his team <laughs> and nothing better about like, so he doesn't like, I forgot what he does. It's like, he has a saying, he's like, we're going to show you up on time and or don't be late and don't be fat. Like don't do anything unhealthy. And there's nothing funnier to me than like an overweight coach doing it. But like, he's fit, but he's just got this, fucking horseshoe of a (laughs) I'm not even joking I think he has more than a horseshoe in uh, like coke and he's just just spitting out the fucking glass and everything and I love it amazing what a guy I like I like when I I see clips of it already I'm really excited to watch it but uh, he's like I will beat your ass if you like just don't do something I will just Mm -hmm. beat your ass I like (laughs) I like he's just threatening the players and like honestly he could probably beat all their asses like He's a giant human that's scary yeah. that played in the NFL. That's it's just hilarious and that he's their head coach. <laughs> I feel like him threatening players is much different than the Urban Meyer threatening players and like kicking them yeah. and stuff like that. Like when he's doing mm-hmm. it, he's like, like you said, got chosen and he used to play football. So it's like, oh, he means it literally, but also not, but also like maybe. Whereas Urban he Meyer, might. yeah, he might mean it, but not really, but he might. And then it's like er, with Urban Meyer, like who, who, who are you? You're the, you're the guy who was hitting on the 19 year old chick at the bar. Like, don't yeah, tell me, in the butt. don't tell me you're going to punch me, dude. Like, I don't know you. There's a main difference between those two coaches. One Urban Meyer would kick a punter or he kicked a kicker. kicker Dan Josh Campbell Lambo. would murder the team. All at once, they could attack him all at once, and he would like knock out the whole team. That's the difference. Urban Meyer picked on like the little dweeb. Dan Campbell's like, I'm gonna go to the biggest guy in the yard and knock him the fuck out. 
would you rather fight every single Detroit Lion, all 53 of them, or Dan Campbell 53 times? Oh, all the Lions, because at least you got like, a punter. <laughs> you know, you got, you got second string, third string punter. Their one punter is 125 pounds. Okay. I'll, I'll take that over Dan Campbell. I'm not saying I oh. win. I'm just saying I'll take that over Dan Campbell. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, let's try to all watch those and recap, because the last thing I wanted to say is it is the absolute hard knocks effect where it doesn't matter how bad the team is. The – the Lions last year went three thirteen and one. I watched one episode and I'm like, I can't, I can't believe how good they are. I cannot <laughs> believe how good they are. I, I started NFL taking players. notes in my phone on the notes app of players I want to draft in fantasy football, and then I started looking up today on the train ride in of what their projected draft rank is, and I had, <laughs> I had Jared Goff. I'm like, he he was spinning it, my guy. It's like, if you take him before the seventh round, you're an idiot. And I was like, oh. I was like, not, I? One, not one more. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. Um, so, yeah. I remember. Uh, the hard knocks effect where I'm like, this team is the greatest football team of all time. So, the hard knocks effects definitely happens. So, if you find those players and you watch closely enough, you can actually circle them. Like, I remember a couple of years ago, I picked Darren Waller. The first year he was on the Raiders right after they were on hard knocks and you watch that hard knocks and that dude is just bawling and they keep talking about how he's going to be a focal point of the offense. But like he was like some free agent and like got, is being paid like a minimum deal, but he's just like a baller because he got clean from like his drugs. And it was like I remember watching it and I was like, OK, and I took him with my last pick in the draft, like my last 16th round pick was like Darren Waller. And he has been like was my keeper the past two years. The dude is like a. God, obviously he's been playing amazing at tight end. He was like right up there with like Kelsey and all of them in their points. And it was because like you watch him a hard docs and like this dude is a, a beast. You could circle him and then you draft him and like, Hey, you know, he's pretty good on hard knocks and it works. So like mm-hmm. stuff like that definitely does happen. Um, that's pretty cool. The hard knocks effect does happen. <laughs> it, it's very true. Um, yeah. I mean, when you're looking at the, when you're looking at the Detroit lions and just being like, I think NFC championship. Like, I think like they that's not good. That's not good. <laughs> I, I literally, I'm not going to lie. I watched them and I literally said, how did the bears beat them last year? I was like, how did we beat them? And then it you got to remember it's still the train line. Yeah. Um, so it's been a couple of weeks. I'm very excited to be back. We waited for beer. We got to go to a triple B there has been a lot happening with the bears on and off. I have been feeling one type of way. And today I woke up, I'm feeling a little different. So I'm going to have beer, break it down for us first. And then I got some stuff I want to get off my chest. So yeah, beer, I mean, take we, it away. yeah. So like we've had a lot happen. Uh, I don't even know if we really talked about Riley reef and Michael Schofield on the podcast since we acquired them. Um, but it's pretty crazy. Uh, well, let's talk about the biggest news. Roquan Smith requesting a trade yesterday. That was pretty freaking wild. I've never yeah. really seen anything like that. Um, except for like Debo Samuel and DK Metcalf. I feel, like it, I so, feel like it happens a um, lot though. Or is that, is that mainly NBA that it happens? Not as much in the NFL. I mean, I feel like it's been happening more. Yeah. Yeah. More. It's still shocking. It's still crazy, but I, I feel like, so they have, they have new CBA rules 
where they, you can do hold-ins now, which is like different than a holdout. You can be there and not get behind, but like still like mm. not participate in practice. So it's part of the new CBA. So it's there's pro- there's probably new situations that are arising that we're not seeing before. Uh, but even then, like just requesting a trade like that, and I think that a thing we a lot of us forget is that Roquan Smith does not have an agent. So like when he he's literally negotiating for himself. Like Richard Sherman did something like that, and like he like was on a very team friendly deal. It's like, no duh. Cause you can't like, you're an NFL player. You're not supposed to negotiate your own contract. And then like, so if they're doing stuff like adding de-escalators and like positioning their first contract right here, when they know they're going to meet in the middle, it could like come off as like, you know, um, uh, like a bad contract to Roquan. And the problem is in those situations, it's like emotional. So like, if you're saying, I don't think you're worth this, I think you're worth this is like a way of a negotiating. And then, you know, you're going to meet in the middle sometimes, you know, when you're talking to a player, you know, it could be tough. So it was really interesting in that post. It was, you could tell he was emotional and like, it's had like DS. The weird thing is it had like apparently de-escalators in the contract, which is like, if you don't hit a hundred tackles, you reduce your like total number of salary. Like that's crazy. There shouldn't be punishments and salaries like that. Hmm. Um, there should be incentives to like make more money. And like, if that's a different way to, to do it, it just like, it, it was weird that they like offered that. Um, but in the end, like, you know, I feel like he wants to be a bear. He had an out that basically said, I haven't talked to the McCaskies yet. Hopefully they can save it. And then I'm like, if we're begging for George McCaskey to save the day, we're failing. <laughs> we're like, so it's just like, like, oh man. So it's just pretty crazy to, to watch. Um, but like, you know, I've got that confirmation bias where I just hope that he wants to stay and like, hopefully they can like offer a contract that he's happy with. And then, this is like this is his ace, this was his ace in the hole. He played it really, really well. Where the whole city of Chicago basically hated Ryan Poles yesterday. So like, like he and he played it the morning of Family Fest when he was going to be in Chicago <laughs> and was there at practice. And there were chants that it said like resigns Roquan. So that happened. And then like what happened after is that Ryan Poles had a press conference about it, which is something that we haven't seen. That, Bears GM doing a while just call a press conference for stuff that's happening. Like that's wild. So did you not love that though? I love like, it. Like I don't I don't know how Ryan Poles can make me love him more. Like You know what Pace would have done? Pace would have been like he sent Nagy up. And then Nagy would have said something like, you know, me and Ryan, we talk every single day. It's a, it's a constantly moving issue. Uh, but, you know, we're in constant contact and we're attached to the hip on this stuff. So the moment we have something to share, you know, uh, we'll share it. But, you know, I like where we're at right now and I love this team. Like, that's 100% what Nagy would say. Yeah. But, like, Polls actually, like, didn't, like, leave Iberflus out to dry. Iberflus, like, had his own press conference later that day for practice. So, and, like, I'm glad Polls is, like, acting like a leader. That's great. So let's do that. So I, I really think so yesterday all day, I was like, you know, we got to do whatever we can to keep Roquan. And I, I have absolutely come to the fork in the road. And so I think Roquan is trying to do with wide receivers did about five years ago where they wanted to start making stupid amount of money. I think, I think he's trying to get stupid amount of money. He wants to get something crazy for his position but now when I had a data reflect on it in football, everyone knows this as a fact now that from an owner's perspective, if you're not like a core, uh, like highlight 
player like a quarterback, um, a wideout, uh, edge rusher, sometimes O-line. Like, they think that you're very interchangeable, and I don't want to see him interchanged. But I also kind of wish that he was a little bit more of a team player. I want him to see get paid, but he wants a lot of fucking money. He wants a lot of money. He wants like more than uh, Shaquille Leonard now. He's not doesn't go by Darius Leonard anymore. He goes by Shaquille Leonard. So we should call him what, by what he wants to be called. So Shaquille That's Leonard. Very woke he, of you. I like. That. I know. I'm just trying to you know. No, it's not Darius Leonard. So he, go, he used to go by Darius Leonard. He's he's a beast. He wanted to. He wants like his contract. So like, I think Shaquille Leonard and then Fred Warner got contracts last offseason. So if it would have been if Roquan would have been with that group, like he would have gotten paid the same. But we gave him that fifth year option. We pushed the the negotiation until this year, and now we're like, okay, we have to pay him, and like. You know, it's been a year since those contracts kind of reset the market. So, like, I feel like he wants more, but that's like how it typically goes. Is that like he might not be better? Like, you know, how Tyree Kill might not be better than DeAndre Hopkins, but like he got paid the most because like he got the most recent deal. So, like, that's how it he would want it to work. And I feel like he should. He should get paid like you know twenty mil a year is like that's fair for a second two second team all pros and like a dude that's been snubbed. Like he's a heart and soul of his defense. He's a dude that, like, you put in that Eberflus' defense, he should shine. Like, like, pay him. I'm sure the negotiations are just tough because we got a first-year GM negotiating with a player for a contract that's, like, that's totally different than, like, you know, the agent would have gotten that contract offer and just not even shown it to Roquan if he didn't like it. And just, like, we didn't get a good offer, we're going to go back. Like, that's how the agent would have operated at that moment. It wouldn't have even let Roquan get upset, but you know, Rokan doesn't have a ton of leverage by negotiating for himself, so that's what he has to do. He has to play the public card, and which he did, and it worked really well. So hopefully, that should put some pressure on on polls. I just, yeah, I don't know, but like you can ima- almost imagine life without Rokan. Like I don't even want to think about it. Um, like until that happens, I don't even want. I like people discussing like his trade value. I'm like, I don't even want to think about it. Like I don't even want to think about it. Let's just sign him. Like. He's not going to be worth what we trade for him. Like he's homegrown Chicago Bear linebacker. We need to keep him. We need to keep him. So. Don't. So my biggest fear is I'm okay with letting him go, but correct me if you guys disagree with this. I am terrified what the Bears would trade him for. <laughs> like I am terrified. Like I know I don't necessarily think he's worth the money that he wants, but I have a fear that they'll be like, okay, we're going to trade him for like a second and a fifth rounder. Just well, be like, Ooh, I think, I think he's worth more. I think he's worth more. Like ask for more. And they're like, no. And I'm a little worried about that. Yeah. Well, we, like the bears don't have leverage yeah. in this situation. He asked for a trade. So yeah. Yeah. Any other team could, he, he, they could chop him to any other team. And they'd be like, well, he said he wants a trade and he said he wants a hundred million dollars in five years or $20 million a year. Like, if you want us to trade for him and pay him that much, you're going to have to, you know, we're not going to give you much for it. Cause that's a exactly. lot. So it, yeah. it, it's a good play by <laughs> good play by Roquan to do it for a lot of different reasons. Um, yeah. I, I'm still just shocked. We were texting about this the other day. I'm still just shocked. He doesn't have an agent and beer. You were saying that there's actually a lot of players that don't have agents. Lamar Jackson. 
there's more there's a lot more players that you think yeah you'd be surprised you'd be surprised the amount of players like, like there I, are some can, really smart players yeah so. and yeah i'm not no not to he say that the, yeah not to say that the players aren't smart not this to say that they can't handle it themselves and like there's plenty of players who are you know just like league minimum guys and they're not going to have an agent or if they do, it's going to be, you know, somebody very much on the cheap. But for the big name guys, I'm surprised. Like, Roquan should be focused on one thing, football. And instead, he's focused on his contract negotiations because he's the guy yeah. that's in there. And like you said, Beer, yeah, if like hire me, Roquan. I'll be your agent. And when they hand me a, a deal for, you know, with $20 million uh, total over the next four years, I'll, I'll throw it in the trash and be like, Roquan. I got you, man. I got you. I'm going to fight for you. And I'll go back to them and I'll play hardball with them. And you just go focus on football. It's just kind of like, yeah. <laughs> we don't need this, uh, you know, uh, you know, the week that we're supposed to start preseason a couple weeks before the season starts. And like, he was saying that he tried to get something done earlier in the year. And it's like, it, you know, there was a changeover, you got new coach, new front office. It makes sense to, you know, in some regards, wait until training camp to start negotiating this sort of stuff because then it puts a time pressure on everybody. It's really in the team's best interest because they can say, "Hey, like we, you're gonna start playing now. Like we, we, we got to get you on the field. Sign this deal." And most players are gonna be like, "Yeah, I got to start playing. Well, you know, sign the deal and everything." So it's okay. you know, it makes sense from that perspective. But I want him to get paid what he's worth. I don't think he's a hundred million dollar player at the moment. And, and I'm not going to lie, I'm taking this very objectively because in my, if I'm, if I'm giving out money, hundred million seems like the bare bones minimum. Five year, hundred million. Yes. I that's feel like that's, that's what that's, I want. That's bare bones minimum. I'm just being honest. I've come up with a number in my head. I think 75 is fair. I, I think he should get a hundred. I think it'll be fine. Yeah, I, think I, think sh- I think he should, but I'm coming from like, uh, we're trying uh, what we've been trying to do is gain cap space, like a motherfucker. And we have like 90 something million cap. We have like the most cap space by a mile next year. We have like 30 million more than the next team. So like we need to pay our player. Like I, I'm still on the side. We just, let's just pay him. Like we have, He's great. He's going to, he's not even like, I don't even think he's reached his potential yet. He's like going to be in a new defense. That's like very, very good and basically be built around him. So I don't know. I just think just, it's just a really tough situation, but like, I get like, I get the, like, you know, he's a linebacker. So like, how much do you want to like allocate that's, that's cap to a linebacker? It right? sucks to say it. Cause I love him. I right. love Roquan Smith. Everyone knows that when he was not on the field last year, we definitely were missing something. It was like when we were talking with Hicks. When Hicks was out of the field, we were like, oh, well, you know, we still got some good players. We're going to be fine. Then there was a very gaping hole in the middle. You know, it's some of these things that you don't know what you got until it's gone type thing. <laughs> right. But that's well, we don't have thing, Hicks, so we'll see how that goes. That's the thing that the McCaskies, I don't think, are thinking about. And let's be honest, dude, George, I don't trust him to sell something for free. Like I, I he'll mess that up. He'll be like, I ended up giving up my chair as well. And you're like, why'd you give him extra? You're like, you're already selling it for free. He's like, I don't know. I just wanted to. And you're like, Oh, come on. Um, so that's what I'm really like fearful of. And if I was the outsider looking in at our franchise, it just, 
I know we've been talking for so many years about why we need new ownership, but it's just, it continuously shows its ugly head of why we actually need new ownership because even though I don't think he should be getting paid that much, I don't see how it's taking this long to get a deal done. Yeah. Just, we just got to see if something happens. And now it's just, I feel like we're seeing half the picture. So I think it's hard. Okay. But yeah, yeah I, I you totally think get it's, it. uh, it's, a, it's a glacier. We're only seeing a little bit, then it's a mountain. Yeah. Because like, we don't really know glacier. like if, if like could be in like two days, <laughs> like he signs a deal and it's fine. And like, it that was just his card to put pressure on poles and stuff. And it, it's working. So like, I don't know. I, I want to wait and see like what we actually do. It's very clear that poles wants to resign him, And it's just like, we'll see. And I think he deserves to have like that top three linebacker money because he's a top three linebacker in the NFL. So like, it's just, he's at that point where he deserves, he's better than Fred Warner. People say that he's not, but he's like, he definitely is. He has like more tackles, more tackles for losses, like more, more interceptions, like literally like everything. So I don't know. I'd love to see it, but I get like, it's a negotiation. So, but it's just tough. I'm, it's tough when this is probably his first major negotiation for like a big contract, Ryan Poles's. And it's a player without an agent. So like, yeah. And they, so I also mentioned this when you were texting. So the bears changed their contract negotiator uh, to a guy that was basically their contract negotiator from like the mid nineties to like basically two pace and then pace changed him. So we used to be pretty good cap space, the whole two thousands, you know, with our lacquer and all of them. But if you remember, we had some pretty tough negotiations during those times, like Lance Briggs, almost like asked for a trade twice because he wasn't getting extended like the way he wanted. So like I could totally, like, we've got a tough negotiator in there because we need to like be really cutthroat about our cap and that could put like players in tough situations. So like, like it's funny that like we have, we had Lance Briggs basically request a, tr- a trade twice. And then Roquan is like now back negotiating with those people again and is now having this kind of a similar situation. So, um, <laughs> Like, so we'll just see how it all plays out. Um, honestly, I like, I like Nick Morrow too. So like, I like our linebackers. We just need like Roquan there too, as well. So it seems if we could like talk about, like, if we want to move on from Roquan, like our team just in general, they, I think Nick Morrow is going to be a leader for us. We might resign him after this year. Um, they keep like talking to him. Like he's basically running the whole defense. So like, wait, I got, like I got that. one more to something to say about the whole Roquan thing. Do it. Doesn't it seem odd? I feel like this is becoming a new thing in the NFL where requesting a trade doesn't hold as much as it used to. Like what you were saying, like 10 years ago, if you requested a trade, it was like, wow, you really came to, you know, the end of the line. You tried everything. Nothing worked. This guy's got to get out of here. So like you saw the thing with Debo. He requested a trade. He didn't go. Um, Tyler Murray was trying to request a trade. He didn't go. So it's, it's almost more of like a boy who cried wolf where we're going to need someone to actually stick to it. I hope that's not Roquan, but uh, it's, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Cause like in the NBA, if they request a trade, you're like, well, I guess we got to give up James Harden now. It's like, if they request a trade in the NFL nowadays, the last three years, I've really noticed where it's like, eh, we could still probably keep them. Like, let, let's be honest. As of right now, are you worried that we are going to lose Roquan? Cause I'm not. Not really. No. I I think it's a negotiation tactic. I think he wants to be fair. So like we'll we'll see how we feel in two weeks. Like if nothing's if everything's quiet in two weeks. They just took him off the pup list, which That's is like 
they were being chill with him on the pup list because like like during negotiations you could put him on the pup list and then he could like miss all of the practices but still be in the facility and not get fined they just pulled him off so it could be like two things one a deal's close or two we're playing hardball too like fine we're gonna start finding you if you don't want to show up to practice like you're gonna mo- post stuff on twitter like i could see it both going both ways so i, I um, think i think part of it too is like when you request a trade, you're basically saying like, "Hey, this is what I'm. This is what I think I'm worth. If you don't think I'm worth this, fine. Then just trade me. Like, it, it doesn't have to be like a so much like I hate these people. I don't want to be here anymore. Trade me. I think it's just more of a matter mm-hmm. of fact. Like, any one of us, if we're you know in salary negotiations with our boss, and our boss is like, "Well, this is how much we want to pay you. And like, I think I'm worth more than that. And like, well, sorry. And like, well, then I'm gonna go somewhere else. And boss is like fine, you can do that. Like, sorry to see you go, but like, that's just kind of the nature of it. So I think there's yeah. a, definitely an incentive on the, um, the part of the reporters to, you know, try and drama to, uh, you know, add drama to, to everything a little bit more than maybe what there is. Whereas it's just kind of like, it's important that they pay him like enough and like obviously want to keep him around, but it kind of, I think it's blown out of context a little bit too much. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Chicago's a big sports town. Like, Roquan knew exactly what he was doing when he posted that. <laughs> like, he knew he would rile up the entire city of Chicago with that that Twitter post. It's just like, and it worked. It was like, I basically was sitting there like, Roquan has this in the palm of his hands right now. Like, like we're, we we're all want to go burn down, like, House Hall if they don't want like, to resign him. So it's just kind of funny to see. But, yeah, I mean, we'll have to wait and see. Like, we'll probably know more next week, you know. Um, it's really fresh. It happened yesterday. Um, so, you know, you know, it is funny during this time where every time I get the ESPN update on my phone, I get a little nervous that it's Mm going to be something that affects the bears. It's like, it's kind of nice having two months in the summer. You're like, Oh, I know no moves are being done, but when it gets like, uh, preseason, it's like every time I hear like the done, 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 I'm like, Oh my God. It's like during the trade deadline for the Cubs this year. As much as I thought they should have traded Ian Happ and uh, Wilson Contreras, I didn't want them to. And every time I saw it, I was or heard it. I was like, "Oh no, here it is, here it is." And then I look at my phone. I'm like, "Ooh, okay." Um, all right, let's uh, let's move on to the next Bears topic. What do you got for us? What's the outlook of the rest of the team from your I eyes? Mean, yeah. What is your pre preseason <laughs> review? We've got some like you know. Last time we talked, we kind of were like. You know, how bad is Tevin Jenkins, right? We're like, how bad is he? Like, if he's, like, losing to a six-round rookie, and, like, what is going on? So since, like, we last talked, the Bears have signed Riley Reef, which is basically what they, the Bears had talked about. Like, Pulse had said, he was like, I'm going to wait till the third and fourth rounds of free agency because that's when, like, these people's prices are going to come down to something that they're actually valued at, and then I'm going to grab them for what their value is. Like, signs Riley Reef for a $10 million contract to be our starting tackle like that's a good deal like that's pretty good deal that's that's five million less than we paid bobby massey is last year like that's a good deal fine take 10 million for a one-year riley reef at, at tackle and then we've signed this michael Schofield, who has 85 career starts um played for the ravens so like like those are good players and like we those are going to be those floor starters and then we were all like what's what's going on with with our like rookies from last year we had larry borum and tevin jenkins were like seemed like good starters so hopefully like we could see them keep going well the bears released their draft their first depth chart and braxton jones is starting a left tackle our sixth round rookie that has like basically solidified himself and getting all the number one reps at left tackle he's going up against 
like Robert Quinn every single day. And he's like, there's tweets coming out today that he's holding his own. Like the media is there and watching and he's holding his own against Robert Quinn. So like, that's a great sign. And like, I will take that. And so our left tackle can be Braxton Jones. We put Riley Reef at right tackle. That's fine by me. If we've got this stud that Brian Poles just found in the sixth round, we'll take them and we'll start. Him. I think it says more about Braxton Jones being really good than Tevin Jenkins. Cause right now, Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum, they're both the backup tackles for the bears right now. So it's like, it's kind of wild to think that they are, but then like there was a tweet today, Dominic Robinson, your guy, Nick. Yeah. Miami of Ohio. Yeah. He apparently smoked Tevin Jenkins on a rep today. Like smoked him. Like so like apparently like he's looking great. So it's there's situations like that where it's happening and maybe like Tevin Jenkins is going to be better as a guard or something. So it's just things that we're going to have to work on uh and look at. But right now the starting line is at left tackle it's Braxton Jones. At left guard it's Cody Whitehair. At center it's Lucas Patrick. Backup center is Doug Kramer, our Illinois boy. Um went to I think he went to like Hinsdale central or something. Yeah. So like he's, he's like down the street. So um, he's our backup center. He's apparently been looking fine. Like, so, and like, we've got an actual backup center now, like no more Sam Mustafer. And then Sam Mustafer is like trying to be right guard, but Michael Schofield is the starting right guard right now. And then Riley reef is at right tackle. So like the only rookie we have in there is our left tackle. And he's the sixth round rookie. And like, if you would have told me going into the camp, that this is going to be our starting, like, five like two months ago i'd be like what but then it, you think about it, it makes sense it's four new starting linemen four new four new ones after how bad we were last year like we needed to shake shake things up yeah if like something like that was gonna happen so i think our whole line looks interesting braxton jones is gonna be a person to watch everybody he's a giant and apparently like he's explosive and if he's holding his own against our best edge rusher I, i'm gonna take that um i'm really excited to see how he plays um, I, the last thing that I had to say about the bears before we go to timeout is it happened. It happened. There's always once a year where a quarterback and a wide receiver, little 10 second clip come out of the bears camp. It gets <laughs> me riled up and it happened today. Uh, Justin Fields has a little back shoulder. He missed the back shoulder, but it's whatever. Uh, but Darnell Mooney went up one hand, caught it. I'm sold. I'm sold. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm all for it now. I don't know how those two aren't just an absolute complete stud. They love each other. Uh, one of my favorite things is they've been throwing together before practice. Love it. Why not get some extra? Well, they have like, in. they have like competitions to see who stays late at the facility. Yeah. Like Darnell Mooney said he hid somewhere and then made sure Justin Fields left. And then he stayed and like worked out more <laughs> like, like like it was it's like a competition to see who can stay at the gym later and then there's like they said yeah we we run routes like at 11 at night before we go home before practice the next day and i'm like you guys are insane like but that's perfect hell yeah keep going keep doing it and they're really young that's so good <sighs> yeah like and donald moody's the type of guy like i feel like he just works to like if he didn't like have half the work ethic, he wouldn't be half the player. Like he needs to like basically put in all this work to be really good to make up for his size and his like everything. But you could tell like he just that one hand catch. He's done that a bunch of times. Like he's done that a ton of times. That's not something he's just like whipped out because whatever. But like like okay, no, he's you know he's used to doing that. So like he's yeah. it's now like it's leaching into the practice that we're gonna see, and I want to see it leach into the games now too. So. Um, all right. That was a good recap. We'll do more yeah. next week. Let's head over to timeout. So timeout.
Where? Where? On the podcast. Oh. Okay, so we'll start. Oh, we'll start off with our over under, and then we'll go into a little current event, and then we'll end with the draft. Um, so the over under this week is something that is overrated or underrated about guys' trips. We went on a golf trip, and I have my rank. I'll start us off as always. My overrated. Having your own bed. Quit complaining. <laughs> Share a bed. I don't get it. It's not like, you know, like, Joe needs a bed weird. with the boys. <laughs> it's not weird. Kiss your homie goodnight. Be fair. Just kiss your homie. You know, goodnight. just share a bed. Sleep on the pull-out couch. Do whatever. I slept on the couch both nights. I slept fine. Uh, share a bed. Do whatever you got to do. Stop complaining. Uh, my underrated is going to be just the conversations you have past midnight. That's when you're a little buzzed. You're definitely tired from the golf day or whatever you're doing on the bachelor party. You could be at a bar. You could be at a house. Those talks are so funny, but they're never meant to be. So like, you'll get someone be like, I, you know, I ate an entire tray of Rice Krispie treats. And you'll look at your boy dead in the eyes and be like, dude, that's sick. I wish I could do that. I don't have the stomach for that. You got to teach me how to do it. And they'll be like, it's idiotic to talk about. But the next day you're like, we, we got deep. Like, did we? Like, I don't know, but we did. Um, let's go beer. Um, I guess one thing that's overrated um, I would say one thing that's overrated is the hangovers because oh. I, I mean like one, I feel like I can, there's two reasons I've been really hungover on the drive home Sunday, but then like Saturday, it's like not that bad. So it's like, sometimes you'll have, it's like, Oh, the hangover is overrated. But then like, you know, on Sunday it actually does kick in. But I would say like, I would say I always go in and I always am like, okay, I'm going to prep for the like really bad hangovers, but never really have a bad hangover. So like, mm-hmm. I was like until the Sunday, until the Sunday. So I was like always my, my golf trip thing. So I would say overrated is the hangovers and then underrated. Um, you had like my, my, I was going to say like conversations around that campfire at night because oh, like yeah. we had like last year we had that fire. And then in what, if there's a gazebo where we can sit mm-hmm. in, in the evening like those conversations are absolutely hilarious because I always, it's, it's fun for me at the golf trip because I never, I don't talk to these people at all, all year, basically like ever. And like, I'll sometimes see Rawls and sometimes see Thomas, but like, that's it. Like, it's just like, I don't know. Like I can't, I don't really talk to many other people. And so like I get to see there and it's like, I check in, what's going on, what's going on here? And we talk for like 30 minutes and we just catch up and it's like the next person what's going on, man. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, that's the stuff I miss. And like, that's the underrated stuff. And kind of like similar to you, those conversations after midnight, but it's like checking in with those guys. And it's like not even skipping a beat. It's like, Oh, we're back. Like, I don't know what it is about the screen porch, but you always walk into the weirdest things. I walked in, yeah. <laughs> I think it was Saturday night or no, no Friday night. Cause Nick was still there. I went out there cause I left the deck of cards out there and they were just chanting to Dono's name. I was like, Oh, what are you doing? He's like, He's trying to eat an entire large pizza to himself. And I sat down and I was just like, okay, Tom, you can do this. Breathe, drink some water. 
and uh, and he did it now and everyone's like that was sick and it's like looking back on it, it's like it's not that cool but in the moment like i'm gonna remember this for the rest of my life possibly i love it love it all right nick uh being this kind of goes along with what beer was just saying being the uh newest addition to the the um golf trip i gotta say overrated is uh just and in any sort of situation like that golf trip bachelor party like knowing everybody really well is like overrated you don't need to know everybody really well you just walk in there and everybody's like yo what's up dude even people that i hadn't met before were like hey man like it's great to see you again it's great to meet you and then when i was leaving like hey it was great to hang out with you i was like hell yeah like i don't even really remember what your name is but it doesn't matter like that any sort of uh that all kind of just like goes out the window when you're on one of those trips. Like, okay, we've got our crew. We're all here together. We're all drinking together. We're all going golfing together. And it's just, it's set. So, um, that's my overrated. And then my underrated was going to be screened in porch. <laughs> that oh, was, yeah. that was really nice, uh, at this house, which I hadn't had in a while. Uh, no bugs. You feel kind of like you're still inside, which is fun. But then we are out on the screened in porch smoking cigs. Uh, which was really nice, and uh, yeah, it just it, it, it it's a an interesting addition to uh, to one of those trips. I don't I haven't spent too much time on too many screen in porches, so nothing is funnier than being in the screen in porch and feeling the wind and just being like, who did that? Yeah, like who did that? And then you're like, well, there's not walls here. And you're like, that was outside. Like that was the wind that's outside. And you're like, I mean, yeah, it's just wind. Your mind is just blowing. You're like, I can't believe it. Like, I'm not. I'm outside, but I'm not getting bit. You're telling me that's a thing. Well, there's kind of kind of this weird, like, um, you know, thing that we don't do anymore. Like, I'm I'm referencing cigarette cigarettes again, but like, you can't smoke cigarettes indoors. Like, basically anywhere. You can in Kentucky, uh, I think, and at casinos. (laughs) And that's about it. Like, other than that, it's just illegal even everywhere. Even some casinos and stuff. Yeah, and even some casinos, you're going to get side-eyes. People are like, really? Really, man? You're going to give me that secondhand smoke and everything? So, like... You got a casino. Yeah. When you, like... Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's 3 a.m. on a Wednesday, dude. You're at a fucking casino. Like, get over it. Uh, so then when you can do it, or something like it, like on a screened-in porch, it becomes kind of... It, like, elevates to the next level. Like, this, this is... This is rare now, uh, and it's mm-hmm. uh, you know a call back to how society used to be. And I just I I still remember the days growing up when um, when you went to a restaurant, they'd ask you smoking or not, uh, smoking section or not. Yeah. yeah, like wild. That's not even a question anymore. And if people ask you that, you'd be like, "What? <laughs> Isn't that illegal?" You can say yeah. something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I agree with everything. Um, all right, the next one is. Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson are broken up. Can't believe it. Uh, I'll start. We'll go around the room. I'm not surprised in the slightest. Like I keep, I kept seeing people online. Like I thought they were going to last forever. Like, dude, come on. Really? Like, come on. Who says that? Like, you got to think like, I don't think Pete Davidson is funny. I don't think he's attractive. I don't like him. And, Kim Kardashian is Kim Kardashian. She's very attractive. And you're like, you just looked at both of them and you're like, she's going to get that relationship lasted as long as she wanted. 
If she was like sense. the man in charge. Seemed like it was like she was the one that ran the show almost. Yeah, you know, he was just like, along for the ride. <laughs> yeah, it's like if she gets bored, I'm done. Because right. you don't break up with Kim Kardashian. No, I don't. You think get broken possible. up. <laughs> but people are like, this made me like think of true love, and it's like really. Yeah, I don't know. Apparently, he's in trauma grief right now, or trauma therapy. So yeah. Poor guy. It's tough. Breakups suck. Dude, here's the thing. It's kind of like a double-edged sword. He keeps dating a lot of hot women, but he keeps getting dumped. So, like, yep. is it cool? I guess the question is, is it cool to date the hot women if you even get dumped? Because at a certain point, it's got to take a toll on you. Because at a certain point, you got to be like, it's, it's me, right? Yeah. It's me. Because they, like, Dude, he was engaged to Ariana Grande under a year, and then as soon as they got to like nine months, she ended it. And the same thing happened with Kim Kardashian. The same thing happened with his other girlfriend. Dude, li- so yeah, he's got to be a weird dude. I mean, he's definitely a weird dude. But listen to listen to this. How these all these women that he's dated? He dated Larry David's daughter for like two years. Then he went to mm-hmm. Ariana Grande, almost married her, then got called off. Then he dated Kate Beckinsale, who's like twenty oh. years older than he is. Then he dated uh, Margaret Qualley. I don't know if you're familiar with her. She's an actress. Uh, then uh, I don't know, model, but I assume she's attractive. Um, she is. A model, Kaya Gerber. Then another actress from Bridgerton, Phoebe Dynever, And then Kim Kardashian. So he, wow. he just like, and that's, in this, that's since 2016. So that's in the last six years. He's dated all those women. I mean... You can say that, you know, he's he's had it rough and he's probably thinking, oh, why me? I'm getting dumped again. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, he, he just dated Kim the Kardashian for the last six months. Like, is he probably. really is he really that upset? Like, really? He should like, but, but a he guy like him dumped and he falls in love fast. So you got to think it hurts. I mean, like, yeah, I obviously it's going to suck. He's definitely not going to think about it. But like, dude, like Kim Kardashian like broke up with Kanye and started dating you. Like you got to think about that. That's crazy. That's literally insane that you pulled that off. And I keep saying like Pete Davidson is almost like our age. Like he was in eighth grade listening to stronger by Kanye. He's like, I'm going to take that guy's wife. Like, yeah, like he's, 20, he's like, 28. Yeah. He's not like, even funny. He's what? not, he's a, he's a horrible comedian. <laughs> Have you ever watched a standup? It's, it's terrible. So he's 28. He, he's your guy's age. He's younger than, than I am. He's, a horrible bad comedian he's a, a halfway decent actor has been in like two movies and he's dated all these in insanely famous and beautiful like lar- largely um you know beautiful women like that's i mean maybe you go to you know counseling for that but i think you just like pat yourself on the back and saying like must be doing something right but i think he falls in love too fast where he thinks it's gonna last forever so he's getting blindsided, but Maybe. there's gotta be something about him. Like if they all keep breaking up with them at the same time. It's like, it's not like all these women got together and was like, Hey, the nine month mark, we got to end things with Pete. It's yeah. like, they must <laughs> like, they, you know what I think it is? I think that he's weird. I'm like, I'm weird. Um, and you got to find that certain person. And it's like, you know, they think it's a joke. They're like, oh, he'll grow out of it. And then he doesn't. And they're like, you know what? Dutch ovening me on our first date was funny. Nine months in, 
I'm sick of smelling your farts. <laughs> yeah. Stuff like that. Um, speaking of this, let's go into my last topic. I have been thinking about this. And I wanted to talk to him on the podcast now for so long. I think it's actually been a year. How weird is first girlfriend? Isn't that like the weirdest thing in life? The first girlfriend? Like your first girlfriend is always so weird. So strange. Not like, not like them necessarily, but the like situation. dating for the first time is crazy. Cause I remember my first girlfriend was, I think a sociopath is a nice word. <laughs> um, she was like genuinely crazy. She had a lot of family issues, but like she was a nutbag and we fought all the time. And I always thought like, because it was my first girlfriend, I was like, Oh, this just, this is what, what life like. is like with a girl. Like, this is just what it is. Then I remember like dating other people and like, we didn't fight. And I was like, is this how it could be? Like, what's going on? It's like, it's always something so weird about like your first relationship. Since you have nothing to base it off of, you take so much weird shit just to being like, Oh, this just must be how it is. And it's never supposed to be that way. What do you guys think? Isn't like a weird concept. Like we should all have like a doll we date first. That's like a terrible person <laughs> that you can like go on and like date a normal person. Yeah, it definitely happens. It like sets the standard. So you think this is how you're supposed to act mm-hmm. like the whole time. And when in reality, it's like, Oh no, you can have different feelings about certain things. Like, yeah, I totally, I, it's totally strange. It like, and it's hard to like break those initial habits. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so you're just like, Oh, you, are you sure you don't like this? Or are you sure you like this? Because like last girlfriend freaking hated this. Like, so it's just yeah. kind of like those kind of situations are kind of funky. And then it, yeah, I totally get that. And that's probably what's happening to Pete. So like, yeah, he's trying to like base it off previous stuff and it's not going right. Father dragon drop some wisdom on us. I mean, I chalk a lot of that up to uh, immaturity on, on both sides. You know, I think, and I'm not saying yeah. that like, Oh, even if you were 25, oh, you're just being immature. Like, no, it's just like it takes time to figure shit out and to figure out relationships in particular. And it's not always going to be easy. So, I mean, I think in Pete's case, he might be a little bit immature about stuff or maybe the women he's dating are immature about stuff. I don't know if he's fallen in love with every one of these women after a few months of dating, then yeah, he's probably got some issues he needs to work out. And that's why he's going to therapy. So at least he's got that figured out, you know, and it's just kind of, yeah, yeah, everybody goes through at their own pace. So. The one thing that I always love is I remember the last time my friend got in their first relationship, I was 27 and he was talking to a couple of us that are in relationships. And he was like, explaining this i'm not going to say any names an absolute crazy scenario he was like i'm sure you guys go through this as well or like go through this all the time and there was three of us that looked at each other were like dude no like you do (laughs) not have to take that and it's not like it's you know it's not like little nagging or any like normal relationship stuff it's like really weird stuff you're like nah that's that's weird like no Mm -hmm. that's that's just weird so I, I don't know. I've always thought about that. I've always wanted to talk about the podcast because it's such a weird idea. It's like, I always love, like I had my first, I would say my first really real girlfriend that I would consider serious when I was 18. And I remember being like, this is the best. And then like 
three months later, I was like, I don't even know if I like this person. Like literally you're 18 years old and you're like, we might be college or high school sweethearts. And then like literally like winter ended and you're like, I don't know. I don't know anymore. I don't know anymore. I could, uh, I could play the field. So I always find that just really funny. And it's like, you, you, I don't know if it comes with time. I don't know if it comes with just like experience, but like you, you get it eventually. You're like, yeah. if something's being weird. And I think that's what these girls are seeing with Pete. You're like, eh, I don't like that anymore. Um, all right, let's go to the ranks. The rank is going to be the draft of the little things in life. So the order is going to go Nick, beer, meat. All right, I got let's the do it. N- number one overall pick. All right. The little things in life. Number one overall pick. Um, when you're going to work and you're taking the train into work and you time it up perfectly. So right when you walk up the stairs to get to the train, there's a train there to pick you up. And oh it takes God, you so good. and you walk right off and you get, you know, you, you hop right out and there's a bus waiting there for you too. And usually you don't catch the bus, but today it's right there. So you hop right on and you get God, into good. work in like 15 minutes. And you're like, man, that's if funny. it was like this every day, this would be phenomenal. Of course it's not. And it's the same on the way home. I mean, that, that, that to me is, Ooh, that just feels good. That, that is, that is a great pick. That is a great pick. There's nothing better than thinking you're going to miss the train and you walk up and it's just pulling in mm-hmm. and you're just like, I'm a genius. So I love that pick. <laughs> Thank you. That's awesome. Would you also agree with this? Like, so say you're taking like the Brown to a Cubs game and you got to like switch to the red line. Like there's some about when that Brown line pulls up as a red line's pulling up where you're just like, can life, yep. does life get better than this? this is Brown line on the inside track. Brown line on the inside track. Caviar dreams. Red yeah. line on the inside track. This is a red line and north. Oh, and yeah. more Georgia closing. Yep. I'll do a, I'll, yeah. do a fist bump. <laughs> I'll do a fist bump. I'll love it. Yep. That's a great pick, Nick. I had that on, I had that on my list, so I, I I'm not even mad that you took it. I'm I'm hats off. I love that. I <laughs> uh, beer. Yeah, I I so I like completely agree. Um, I like thinking back in Chicago, like I'd get off the train and then if the bus is right there, it's just like oh, so buttery smooth. I wouldn't it's have so good. <laughs> it was like, like it's like an extra. If I miss it, then I'm like, okay, I have to walk, but that's 15 minutes, and it's not bad, but it's 15 minutes. You know, I'd rather happen to bus and just be home in five um yeah. so my number one uh this is like really i guess this is personal for me but like when i'm like waking up early to put something on my smoker and it's like 5 a.m put it on the smoker have the it's like the sun's starting to come up the smoke is like billowing out of the smoker and i've got a beer in my hand like that is oh my God. the ultimate little thing for me so that it's is just like, yeah mm-hmm. that Go is ahead. great yeah. Um, my one, one is going to be coming home to see your animal, like a pet. That is always awesome. Like mm-hmm. if, I, oh, yeah. I, had, I had three dogs growing up. So it's like coming to the house from golf. Like doesn't matter how bad I played having all three just rush me and like rolling around on the ground before you shower playing with them. Great. Uh, and then number two is going to be cracking a beer the first beer on a tailgate morning or like a football day, mm-hmm. there's just something that I've heard that noise a lot in my life. 
But when it's the first one of the day, it's like angels singing. <laughs> everything seems okay. Love it. Amazing. Like that, like, that's like a, a really good, I can like feel that too. Like, it's, yeah. like the cool, the cool fall air. You've got a cold beer in your hand. And you just be like, all right, we're it's gonna be a long day. Yeah. Like it's like you just have that <laughs> like, let's go. I love it. Um, so my number two, uh when you have a really good haircut, you just get like a really oh, good haircut yeah. and it like you like you get haircuts and then there's like one time you walk out, you're like, Shit, I look good right now. And like it just like <laughs> takes your confidence to like one more rung higher and then like you feel good for a couple days too. So um I think like really good haircuts, those that's a little thing. I like that a lot. Love it. Uh, my number two pick. I've got um, when you wake up a few minutes before your alarm goes off and you feel fully rested. Like, oh. like if your alarm's at seven a.m. and you wake up at like six fifty-five and you're like, but you're oh, up. Oh man, I feel I feel good. Oh shit. Yeah. Alarm was about to go off. Like ah, I can I can sit here for another minute. Eh, I'm gonna turn that alarm off. I'm all good to go. That's that's a great feeling. I love that. It's a great way to start the day. Um, and then if you go out and catch the train and the bus perfectly, like, God, buy a lottery ticket. Um, have you ever had it where you woke up so well rested that you think you must have missed your alarm? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely happened before, for sure. Like, and did I, like, I oversleep? Check it frantically, yeah. like, did I oversleep? I must have overslept. Yeah. Like, no. Perfect. You wake up, you wake up like all calm, like oh, that was a good re- night's sleep. You're like that's not how, how I normally feel. Like yeah, I miss something. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, that's one. That's why I feel so good. Like waking up and be like, yeah. wow, I had a great night's sleep. It's gonna be a good day. That's, I mean, that's the best way to start the day, honestly. Um, so that's my number two. Number three. This is kind of similar to what I had before, but it was another thing on my list. Um, when you're, when you're planning something like, like a dinner or something that involves like a a bunch of moving parts or a bunch of different people. And then it it all just kind of comes together. Like everybody shows up for the reservation, like right at, right at the right time or something like that. Like everybody is like, Hey, let's get to the bar around like seven, seven 15. Cause by seven 30, it's usually crowded. And it's like seven 15, like everybody's walking up together and you're just meeting there at the perfect time. Like, Oh, hello, sir. Hello, sir. Nice to see you. Yeah. Like, perfect. We just nailed this. Oh, we're sitting down now. Oh, 730. It's crowded now. Um, you know, just something like that about the organization and the coordination of multiple parties at, at different times. And when it when it flows smoothly like that, which is, again, what's similar to the, the train thing I was saying earlier. It's just, ooh, that's nice. I like that a lot. Nice. Nick's got some good picks. So does beer. I feel like I'm slacking here. I got to pick it up in these next two. Oh man, it's good. My, uh, my up next, I think I am. Um, I'm going to go with, and it's kind of like more, it's kind of similar to your, like the train rolls up and it's like buttery. Like for me, it's getting every single green light when I drive Jenny to work in the morning. So, so Jenny gets to work at, she needs to get to work around six 30. Um, so we're usually like out the house at like six 20. We live down the street, but I just drive her every morning. And so like, but all the other nurses are going there like every day. So it's kind of like you'll hit this traffic, but sometimes like I'll be able to get out of our intersection really well and like hit both green lights over the highway. So that means all those people coming off the highway, I get past them so that I don't have to wait behind them. And then like it's, you pull in, I drop her off really fast and I'm back 
at home and in bed. So like, it's stuff like that. Like that's a little thing and like happened today. So like just super fast. So it's nice. I like that one a lot. Um, my next one is very similar to Nick's a little bit, but when you're, when you get in line or get to a restaurant, my one is specifically in line where you're like, you know what? I'm going to like, I had this actually a lot of blues a couple weeks. I like knew I wanted a beer for the next show, but I didn't want it right now. And I was like, there's no line. I should go now. And when I got in line, by the time I like paid and turned around, there was nine people in line. I was like, I'm a genius. I'm a genius. (laughs) I was like, I'm better than all of you. Um, Or I like to think that people saw me go up and they're like, that guy, he knows something I don't know. Uh, And then number four is going to be on a hot day, golfing or whatever at the pool, going volleyball, anything, coming home and taking a shower. There's just something yep. about just being like, wow, this feels good. Yep. Absolutely. The golf trip uh, shower is like, <laughs> it resets your whole body, whole mindset. Yeah. You get back and you take that shower and you're like, I'm ready for the evening. Let's go. It's amazing. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Um, am I up next? Yep. Um, yep. Last one. This is like a simple one, but you know, if you have a piece of paper, you crumple it up. I'm going to throw it in the trash. You lean back, you yell Kobe and you shoot and it just drains oh, across yeah. the room. Nail it. That's yep. just, Oh my gosh. It's so nice. And it's just a little thing, but you just feel so good when you just bam, mm-hmm. like, okay, I still have it. Especially if you can do it around strangers, like at, like at Lollapalooza or something like that. If you're going to throw away a can and you're like Kobe and you just nail it and other people around like, Oh, look at this guy. I'm like I got it. Yeah. yeah. That's I'm nice. that guy. <laughs> I'm that guy. Uh, my last one uh, experienced this last night in, in beer. Something you said reminded me of it. Um, driving home at night with the windows down in the summertime. I was driving home from the, the oh, Cubs yeah. game last night. I love on a summer night rolling down the windows, turning up the music a little bit. You start to hit those green lights because there's not as much traffic out at you know, 9, 30, 10 o'clock. Ooh, I I never want those those drives to end. They go by too quickly. Like I feel yeah. good. I feel good. I feel good. But I'm home. And I should go to bed. But ooh, I could keep driving too. It's a great feeling. That's great. Uh, my only honorable mention that I had is going to a music festival alone, trying to meet up with friends, and they like send you like, oh, I'm at this stage, right side, thirty feet, whatever. And you actually find them, you're like, whoa. <laughs> that was pretty cool. That's dope. Any honorable mentions from you guys? Um not probably really. not. I was just kind of All flying right. by the seat of my pants on a lot of it. So All right, that's good. All right. Thank you everyone for listening. We will see you next week. Have a good one.